Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. All right, well, we're going to get into a message in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to make mention of a couple of things. Next Sunday evening at 5 o'clock is when we're meeting at Wade Park. Uh, We're going to have both the playgrounds there, the pavilion. We're going to have food. Uh, We've got a a giant water slide that's coming for the kids. Come on. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And so we're going to gather together uh, in what we're calling summer circles. This is going to be our first time to gather together. And so we're going to do that next Sunday evening at 5 p.m. So you'll want to be there for that. And then uh, Serve Day 2021, we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. So Saturday, July the 10th from 8 to 12 is our big citywide serve day, community-wide serve day, whatever you want to call it, where we just get out on, on teams all across our community and county, and we do, uh, we do projects and things all over the place, different organizations that we team up with, and we serve in those organizations. We mow yards, all of that. Here's what we're asking you to do is uh, for that, if you will go on the Church Center app, if you don't have the Church Center app, go on and download the Church Center app. You can get all of the information there. Uh, You can do pretty much anything in the app and get all the details. But go on the Church Center app, click sign ups, and you'll see all of the teams for Serve Day 2021. We are asking you to register for the team that you want to join because that helps us be prepared for how many people are going to be on each team, who to expect, what all equipment we're going to have coming and, and on certain teams that we need that type of thing and all of that. So it helps us be prepared to the best of our ability if you'll sign up. So go online, sign up, go on the app, sign up. And uh, let us know you're coming, what team you want to be a part of. There are some details on there that kind of break down each team. And then the last thing that uh, I want to mention to you, and I'm going to take, before we get into the message, I'm going to take a few minutes, probably several minutes, and and break this down because uh, this is important information for you to know because it involves the next three weeks of our church. So today is officially the last Sunday that we will be in this building. I know you're excited. I'm excited. Um, so let me tell you what that looks like over the next few weeks because there are next Sunday, June 27th, and the Sunday after that on July the 4th, there are events in this building, which it actually worked out, the timing worked out about right because we need time as a church to get everything from here to there and installed and up and working and tested and all of that stuff. So next Sunday and the Sunday after, so the next two Sundays, we will not be gathering here. We will not be gathering in person on those Sunday mornings. We will be online. So at 10 o'clock, we're going to be doing church online and we're going to gather there and and uh, interact in that way. Next Sunday evening, we are meeting at 5 p.m. at the park, so we're going to be able to gather together and have fun together and, and do all of that. So next two Sundays, we will not be meeting here. Our goal date is Sunday, July 11th, to have our first services in the new building. So it's exciting. Um, There was a lot that happened this last week. We have air in the building. We have security in the building. We have carpet in the building. There's a lot of stuff that uh, is now in the building. And so we are going to work really hard. But here's what I need to tell you. Because between now, so we're three weeks away. So we have three weeks uh, of transition time. And we're going to need all three weeks of transition time to, to get everything up and going the way that it needs to be. And here's what I have to confess to you. I cannot get us in this building in three weeks. 
So, so you can't say, well, Pastor Gabe's going to get us in the building by Sunday, July 11th. Pastor Gabe is not going to get us in the building. If you leave it to Pastor Gabe to get us in the building, then we're going to be in August before we're getting in the building, all right? We're going to have some work days set up over the next, over the next few weeks to where we're going to be, we've got stuff coming in, kids' tables, kids' chairs, equipment, signage. Come on, I've never been so excited to order a toilet paper holder that goes on the wall, right? I've never been so pumped up to order stuff like that, all right? And so all of those things have to be installed once the construction is officially done, which is nearing an end. Uh, all of that stuff has to be installed and worked on and put together and rooms organized and things like that. And so we're going to have work days for the next three weeks. We're going to have days set aside, evenings set aside, where we're going to get together and we're going we're gonna, to, as many people as can, and we're going to have a list and here's what we need to get done and we're going to knock it out and, uh, and work on it so that we can get in there in the next three weeks. So here's how you're going to get that information because we're not going to be gathering together like this for me to tell you on a Sunday morning. We're going to be on social media, so you'll see things on social media, but if you have not texted the word impact, so a lot of you have, but if you have not, the word impact to 97,000, if you will text impact, that's all you got to text out, impact, send that to 97,000, then that is going to enlist you to get all of our text updates over the next few weeks. So you're going to be able to get all the information. When are the work days coming up? What are the times? How is it coming? What are the updates on it? That is going to be our primary way that we're going to be able to mass communicate to everybody in our church. And so you need to text IMPACT to 97,000 so that you'll get all of those messages. You'll also be able to find a lot of it on social media. Uh, but social media is, you know, algorithm driven and all of that. And so you may slip through the cracks on your feed. But if you'll do this, it'll come straight to your phone and you'll be updated on, hey, here's when the next workday is. Here's what we're going to be doing. Here's what's coming up in the future and all of those details. So be sure and do that. And I want to do this. If you're in the room and you have ever set up or torn down at any point in our church, will you stand up? We had a lot of people at the 930 service. Come on, somebody. I want to take a minute. Listen, listen. Come on, you were here. You were here this morning. I want to take a minute, and I want to honor <laughs> all of these people because there have been people that for a season they set up and tear down, but listen, there have been people that for almost five years have set up and tear down in this building. Many of you know by now that this is completely empty when we get here, and and we've been setting up church and tearing down church and getting here at 6.30 in the morning and leaving at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Sundays. And, and it's been a lot of work, but it's been worth it. But here's what, we, here's what I know. There is no way that we would even be at the place where we're about to move into our own building, our own facility, without the help of all of these people, men and women, that have, that have jumped on board and given of their time and their strength. Come on, we've made jokes over the, over the years of doing set up and tear down that you don't need a gym membership. You just go to the wrong church. You don't need a gym membership. You just need to, you just need to, come, to, you just need to come to Impact Church. We'll, we'll make sure that you get a gym membership, right? Uh, so we're excited about moving into that. And so the next two weeks, uh, we're gonna be online Sunday, July 11th. That's our, our set date that we're, uh, anticipating moving into the building and the work days are going to be coming. So make sure you text impact to 97,000. And then the last thing I want to mention on this before we get into the message is uh, many of you have been a part of what we've called the beyond movement. And it is, it is uh, our vision as a church to see that facility paid off in full by the end of this year. So by the end of 2021, that we would be completely debt free 
and that, that all that money is not going to payments. That money is going to ministry and serving in our community and loving people and reaching people for Jesus. That's where we want your generosity and your giving to be going. And so we want to be able to do that more effectively. And God, we believe God gave us this vision that it was going to be paid off by the end of this year. And that whole project, we've told you it's, it's estimated it's coming to a close, and it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of $700,000 for the purchase and the renovation and everything. Uh, last week, I mentioned that we were somewhere around, it's about $430,000 that we already have that is going toward that. So there's still a little ways to go, but we are well on our way to get there. And so that's because of your generosity and your giving and your believing in the vision and, uh, and even the vision of us being able to be debt-free and have that paid off. So what I would encourage you to do is in your seat, or you can grab one on your way out, we have those Beyond Movement cards. If you haven't, if you haven't jumped on board with that, I would encourage you to jump on board with that and just pray about it. That's all we ever ask you to do is pray about it. We can never tell you what to do. We want you to ask the Holy Spirit what you are to do. And so we would say, hey, how can I be a part God, what do you want me to do to where I can be a part of seeing this vision come to pass where our church can be completely debt-free? Come on, we're well over halfway there and uh, we're believing that God's gonna do it and that we're gonna see it happen by the end of this year. So we got about six months left. So God's gonna, gonna do a miracle. It's gonna be awesome. So keep that in mind and, uh, and I can't stress it enough. Make sure that you get on that text list so that you'll be able to get all the updates uh, over the next couple of weeks as to what we're doing so that we can communicate with you. Uh, today, I want to share a message with you that I am simply calling, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Anybody ever want to enjoy the ride? Um, I was thinking as I was preparing this, any, where are my amusement park people at? Anybody like amusement parks? You like going to amusement parks, amusement park people? There you go. I'm an amusement park person. I enjoy going to amusement parks. I enjoy, uh, I enjoy the rides. I enjoy all those things, especially as I was growing up as a teenager, as a kid, and even into my 20s. And then something happened. And then the rides began to make me ill. <laughs> and what I used to enjoy doing, I couldn't quite handle anymore. And every time I would get on a ride, I would start to feel like, I don't know. And many of you know this, like if you have kids, then things change. You know, you like, you used to go to the amusement park for you. Now you go to the amusement park for your kids and you spend all of your time in the kids area. But, but I know like, if you're like me, there's no, no joy greater than really seeing your kids enjoy riding these rides and they're having the time of their life and they're smiling and, you know, they're asking for all the things. Come on. And I, I just love amusement parks and I love the thrill of a ride. And I was thinking back a couple of years ago, uh, our oldest daughter, she wanted me to ride this ride. We go, my, my, uh, my family lives in, in Branson. And so we go up there to visit and we'll go to Silver Dollar City, uh, which is a, a great place to go. And so we'll go there and we'll spend some time with the kids. Well, our daughter was getting older, right? So she was, at the time she was 10, she may have just turned 11 and she was wanting to ride the big rides. And so we get on this ride. She wants to ride this ride, and it's called the Time Traveler, if you've ever been there. She wants to ride this ride at Silver Dollar City called the Time Traveler, and she wants me to ride it with it with her. And so I'm like, well, I have to be a great dad in this moment, <laughs> right? And so I need to get on this ride with her. Now here, if you've never been, and you, now some of you know what I'm talking about. If you've never been, this is a ride. It's a roller coaster ride, but you spin the whole time <laughs> while you ride this ride. And so you're sitting down in a seat that 
this circular thing and it's spinning you around and so you are twisting while you're doing all of the loops and all the turns and all the twists so you might be doing something backward something forward something down this way I mean you just never know how it's going to land with you and and I really it really wasn't that bad uh as bad as I anticipated I wanted it to do it she wanted to ride the ride I was excited to ride the ride with her I was nervous that it was gonna it was gonna mess me up right uh but I enjoy rides I enjoy the rides, and I began thinking, we, a lot of us, we enjoy rides, but we're on this ride called life. And my question to you today would be, are you enjoying the ride that you're on called life? Are you enjoying the ride? Because we're all on this ride, and it has its highs, and it has its lows, and it has its moments where it takes your breath away, and where it takes your stomach, come on. We're on this ride called life, but are we enjoying the ride. And so I want to talk to you just real simply from the idea of enjoying the ride. And I want to just give you four points and really four words that I want to talk about because I believe that the ultimate way that we enjoy the ride of life is when we do it God's way. Whenever we know what his word says about all these different areas of our life and we're living our life God's way, we're following God's instruction, we're following God's word, then we can actually enjoy the ride. And so here's the first word that I want to talk about for just a moment. It's the word responsibility. Many of us would think that in order to enjoy the ride, we need to avoid responsibility. Well, if, if, if I avoid some of the, the difficult things and the hard things, then I'll be able to enjoy the ride. If I'm not so committed to that, then maybe I'll be able to enjoy the ride. If I'm not really all that, 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 you know, that, that, that committed in all of these different areas, then I'll be able to enjoy the ride. If I don't take on the responsibility of that, then I'll be able to enjoy the ride. But really the opposite is true. That whenever you take on the responsibility that God has given you, not stuff that we just pile into our lives and add into our lives and just keep on piling and keep on piling and keep on piling, but whenever we, whenever we accept the responsibility that God has called us to, then we can actually enjoy the ride. And we all have certain responsibilities, and responsibilities tend to look different based on the season of life that we're in. Right, your your responsibilities and what you know what what applied to your life when you were fifteen is a little bit different whenever you get married, and it's a little bit different whenever you have kids, and it's a little bit different whenever you're in your career. It's a little bit different when you become a grandparent. Like these seasons of life, they change what it is that we are we are necessarily responsible for and what we need to step into. So I want to try to hit just a few different areas talking about responsibility. And the first one is I think that every one of us have a responsibility to love God with everything that we are and to seek him above all else. Every person, every follower of Jesus, we have the responsibility to seek God first, to put him first, to love him with all that we are. In fact, Mark 12, 30 says it this way, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Every part of you, you're called to love God in that way. And we can look at this and say, well, love God with all your heart, love God with all your soul, love God with all your mind and your thoughts and all of this. And then the last one really, it was a couple of years ago that the last one really settled in with me. How do you love God with all your strength? And we were on a mission trip. And Doug Reed, who's been here many times, many of you know him, he was, he was talking to us as we were beginning this mission trip. And he said, here's my prayer for you is that whenever you fly back to the United States, that you are so exhausted because you loved God with all your strength. 
that while you were here in this moment where God had you at this time, that you gave it everything that you had and you left it all laying out there and you loved people and you served people and you worked as hard as you could to make sure like when we were there we were working on this church and remodeling this church and that you worked so hard that when you left you thought, I am so worn out because I loved God with all my strength. I gave it everything I had, and that settled so deep in my heart as to what it looks like to love God with not only all of your mind and all of your soul and all of your heart, but with all of your strength, with, with everything, like my energy, it, it, it is everything that I have, it's going to loving God in whatever area that he has for me. And then seeking God above all else, we all know this verse, Matthew 6.33 says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. We all know this verse, but it's so hard a lot of times for us to apply this verse. Because most of us wake up in the morning and we're seeking what we need. We're seeking what we want. We're, we're seeking like, I wake up in the morning thinking about what I need to do. I wake up in the morning thinking about what I need to get done. I wake up in the morning thinking about what's coming down three, three days from now. Are you with me? I wake up thinking about these things and what would happen in your life and in my life if we woke up and we said, you know what, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to seek God and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to seek his righteousness. I'm going to seek his kingdom. I'm going to seek him first knowing that when I do that, everything else I need comes. When I do that, I don't have to seek everything that I need. He provides everything that I need when I seek him first. And so we've got to seek him first, love him with everything that we are. No matter what season we're in, we're called to love God with everything and seek him above all else. Another area where I believe that most of us, if not all of us, want to enjoy the ride. And it's a huge area in our lives, and that's the area of marriage. Most of us sitting in this room, we are married or we have a desire to be married. Someday we're going to be married. And, and it's, a, it's such a big part of our life that we need to know what God says. If you want to enjoy the ride in your married life, what does God's word say about how you can do that? And so I want to read from Ephesians chapter 5. And I want to start in verse 21 for all the married people in the room. We have a responsibility to submit to one another, it says, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In other words, out of reverence for Jesus Christ, I submit to you and you submit to me. And then he goes on and he shows us and he tells us what it looks like for us to do that. So you need to submit to one another and here's what it looks like for each of you to do that. And so he goes on and he says this. He says, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to, to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. To which most men would say, amen. But here's the deal. This is, I believe that what comes next is what your wife should be submitting to. Oh, I'm about to preach. Because most of us stop there and we would say, well, you just need to submit. You just need to submit. Just submit. Submit. But we leave off, aren't we, we're really good at knowing what the other person's supposed to do. <laughs> 
instead of focusing on what it is that I'm supposed to do. And he goes on in verse 25 and he says, For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. In other words, he says, if you want to enjoy the ride in your marriage, submit to one another. What does that look like? Wives, here's, here's your part. Husbands, here's your part. And when you're both doing your part, and it's 100%, 100%, and we're submitting to each other in this way, then we enjoy the ride, and marriage works. Because it's how God designed it to work. It's not, it's not that we pick apart, well, this is what the Bible says you're supposed to be doing, and I don't see you doing this. No, it's saying, I know that this is what I need to be doing. I need to become this person. I need to be applying this to my life. And when I'm doing that, and you're doing that, then marriage works together. We all also have a responsibility to steward what God has given us well. Whether it be our gifts, I believe that we have a responsibility to steward our gifts well, to serve one another, or to steward our finances well, so that we can be generous, to steward our marriage well, so we can have joy in our marriage, to steward our singleness well, come on single people, so that we can become the right person for someone else. Andy Stanley has a saying that has stuck with me that he said several years ago, and, and, and it was in a, a, a dating and a marriage series that he was doing. And he said, he said, listen, are you becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? So a lot of times we focus on trying to find the right person. Well, when you find the right person, are you going to be the right person? If we'll lean into, you know what, I need to work on my relationship with God. I need to get as close to God as I possibly can. I need to lean into him in this area of my life. And I will become the person that whenever that person steps into my life or I find them, I'm the person that they want. They're the person that I want. And now we're going to get together and we're going to have a beautiful marriage together. It's, it's, it's about stewarding your life well. Stewarding what you have been blessed with. Well, when we accept responsibility in our lives based on the word of God, instead of avoiding responsibility, it's in that responsibility that we are actually able to enjoy the ride. Where we would think it's the opposite, that maybe we need to avoid some things. It's actually, no, here's some responsibility and here's the design for these things. And if you'll do it this way and you'll take on this responsibility, then you'll actually enjoy the, the, the life that you've been given. You'll actually enjoy the ride because you're in God's will and you're doing it God's way. So responsibility is the first thing. Here's the second thing. I want to talk to you about investing. The word is invest. And it's not what you might be thinking whenever you think about investing. A lot of times we think about investing our money. But I want to talk to you about instead of spending our time, we need to invest our time. Instead of spending our time, we need to invest our time. There's a difference between spending something and investing something. If you've ever been to a funeral, you've probably noticed a pattern, right? If they open it up for people and people will come up and they'll share some words about their loved one that they've lost or this friend that they've lost, this person they cared about that they have lost, and they'll come up and they'll share some things. And a lot of times you'll hear things similar to this. You might hear, well, I remember that time that, I remember that time when once a long time ago we did blank together. Or I'm going to miss all the time that we had together. Or I'm so thankful for how he or she invested in me while they were alive. You hear things like this because I believe that time is your greatest 
investment. That's why at the end of somebody's life, when we're talking about somebody that we have loved, we are not talking about all of these other things. We are talking about what they meant to us, how they invested in us, the time that they spent with us, the things that they did with us, the memories that we have with that person because of the time that was invested. And I wonder how many of us are going through life when we're spending our time just doing things instead of investing our time where it matters the most. We're spending our time doing things, and sometimes we look back and we think, where did my time go? I don't have enough time. Where did my time go? Maybe it's because we're spending our time doing things instead of investing our time where it matters the most or investing our time where we have the greatest return. I believe that Jesus was intentional to invest his time. In the time that he was on the earth, he was, he was investing his time into 12 guys, and within those 12, he spent even more time with three because he knew this is going to have the greatest return. This is what's really going to make the difference. This is what's really going to make the impact. This is, real, this is my greatest resource. It's my time, and I'm going to invest my time in these people so that when I'm gone, everything will continue to move forward. And so he invested his time. He ate meals with them. He made memories with them. It was the time that he invested in them that made the difference. Another person that I think about in the Bible that you see had invested some time in somebody is Paul. Paul invested a lot of time in Timothy. And I want to read you some scripture because as you read through some of the, the, the letters that Paul wrote and even the ones that he wrote to Timothy, you see some wording in there that kind of lets us in on the fact that there was a relationship, there was something going on on a deeper level, there was an investment that was being made. And in 1 Corinthians 4.17 it says, that's why I have sent Timothy, and look at what he says, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you how I follow Jesus or how I follow Christ Jesus just as I teach in all the churches wherever I go. In other words, he is so close to me and I have invested so much time for him. He is going to teach you and remind you how I follow Jesus. And he refers to him as his beloved and faithful child. Philippians 2, 20 through 22 says, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself. Like a son with his father, he has served with me in preaching the good news. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach these teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Paul is saying, listen, I, this relationship, this investment is like I'm a father investing in a son. And I'm sending Timothy to you because he knows how I think. He knows how I operate. I have taught him. I have trained him. We have spent time together. And he is like a son to me. He is faithful. He has been preaching the good news with me. There is an investment of time that was made. Time. The greatest resource we have is our time. I want to share this story that I read as I was preparing this message and really for, for dad since today's Father's Day. And this really hit home with me and, and kind of my situation with having young kids at home. But it says, many years ago, there was a father in pursuit of career ambitions, going back to school and consuming his time with non-family events. He had a young daughter that wanted him to build a playhouse to which he promised. 
She had a little mailbox already purchased and wanted to use that for her new playhouse. Weeks passed by and no time was set aside by the father to build the playhouse, so the little mailbox rested on the dresser in the corner. Weeks turned into months and months to years, resulting in the gathering of dust on the little mailbox, causing the young girl to put off her special dream that she shared with her delaying father. Finally, the day would come to build the house, but the father decided to take the easy route by going down to Home Depot and choosing a pre-made model. The young girl was so excited to finally get a playhouse for her little mailbox that she had been saving for years. But this would not be, for something very sad had taken place. When the little girl that had waited for ages to get a playhouse from her father tried to go inside, she actually had outgrown the unit, getting stuck in the door. The father earned his training and his new career. He had lost the great moment of building not only a playhouse for his daughter, but also a memory that would have strengthened his relationship with her. And every time I have read that multiple times and every time I have to fight not crying because of the kids that I have at home. And it's so easy for us to get caught up in doing all of these things and spending our time and not investing our time. And how many of us, we, we, are, we are on a career path and we're doing what we feel like we're supposed to be doing and, and we, even, we even view it as, and this is not a bad thing, we view it as we are providing. That's what we do. We are providing as fathers, as men. We're providing. But there's another side to that in its relationship. And we can't get so caught up in providing the monetary thing that we miss out on the memories and the moments of invested time. Invested time. Time that we have invested with our kids and with our family. We can either spend our time doing things in life and possibly have regrets, or we can make the decision to be intentional to invest the time that we have. And so what if you invested in your marriage with a consistent date night? Or what if you didn't spend your time working late and invested that time in your kids? Or what if you invested your time discipling or mentoring a few other people? Or what if you invested your time serving other people? I believe that making the change from spending your time to investing your time will go a long way in you enjoying the ride. We've gotta learn how to invest versus spend. Here's the the next word that I wanna mention. It's the word devoted. Our primary devotion has to be devotion to God. We have to be devoted to the right things. And many of you know at the beginning of every year we pick a word. Uh, and, and that's the word that God is speaking to our church. I say we pick a word. We pray about a word. And whatever God is saying to our church, that's what we focus on and we, we put our energy into. And how can, we, how can we do that better? How can we do that thing? What does that mean for us as individuals and as a church body? And this, this year the word has been devoted. Devoted. We did a series back at the beginning of the year, uh, four or five weeks, where we were talking about these different things that we were called to be devoted to, and how the Bible talks about us needing to be devoted to these primary things in our life. And I just wanted to take a moment to remind you, before we go on to the next point, I wanted to take a moment to remind you of where our primary devotion is called to be. I think that, I think that we need to be devoted to prayer in Colossians 4.2. It says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Prayer is important. We need to be devoted to community. Romans 12.10 says, be devoted to one another with authentic brotherly affection as members of one family. Give preference to one another in honor. 
We talked about being devoted to gathering together, Hebrews 10, 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need to be devoted to generosity. One of my favorite verses is 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I love this picture that God says, I'm going to give you everything that you need and extra so that you can share with other people, so that you can be generous with it. He says, I'm going to provide everything that you need, and then you're always going to have enough for everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I think we need to be devoted to discipleship. Jesus himself in Matthew 28, he said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I wanna encourage you, be a person devoted to these things. Be a family devoted to these things. Be a marriage devoted to these things. Be a father that leads his family in these things. And I love what Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15. Many of us, we can quote the very end of this verse, but starting at the beginning of it, he says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I just have this picture of of fathers and husbands and men standing up to say, I don't know who you're going to serve, but as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't know if you're going to serve somebody else, if you're going to serve pleasing people, if you're going to serve monetary things, if you're going to serve material things, if you're going to serve you know, all of these other things, but as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. That's what we're going to do. And so you need to choose, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I think it's time that we take our place and our families and lead our families to serve the Lord. And uh, I found this. I want to read this to you. It says, becoming a man of God is a simple thing that is very difficult. It requires total submission to God, which goes against our fallen human nature. As a matter of fact, it is so difficult that it can be achieved only by yielding to the Holy Spirit and relying on him for the power to submit. We cannot do it in our own strength. When a man yields to God and allows him to change us into what he wants, that man will become a man of God. Then that man will truly seek first the kingdom of God and walk humbly with God. I believe that if we will devote ourselves to the right things, if we will keep the main thing the main thing, then we can enjoy this ride called life when we do it God's way. And here's the last thing as the worship team comes. It's the word eternity eternity. When I think about marriage and I think about living our lives and parenting and all these things, I think we should husband with eternity in mind, right? It's this idea, how can I bring my wife, as I am being a husband, how can I do that with eternity in mind? How can I bring my wife closer to Jesus? For you wives, I think you should wife with eternity in mind, right? How, how can I support my husband as he leads our family spiritually? For all the parents, we should parent with eternity in mind. Proverbs 22, 6, 
train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. He will not depart from it. We should walk in our calling with eternity in mind. We should work with eternity in mind. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. What does it look to work with eternity in mind? It means that you have the mentality that I am not just working for this person. I am ultimately working for the Lord And so I'm going to honor him in my work. I'm going to work hard because I'm working for the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than from people. Work with eternity in mind. Parent with eternity in mind. Do everything with eternity in mind, with an eternal perspective. Will you stand to your feet today? I truly believe that the best way to enjoy the ride in life is to live our life God's way. If you, if you truly want to enjoy the ride in your life, it only comes when you live your life God's way. When you are in His will, when you are you are in the word and you are applying the word not just being hearers of the word but doers of the word and you're applying it in every area of your life and you are enjoying the ride because God is with you and he's behind you and he's in front of you and you're walking with him and you're doing your life God's way and so some of those ways that we live our life God's way just to recap before we pray is we take our responsibilities seriously in every season We invest our time in what truly matters. We devote ourselves to the most important things. We do everything in life with eternity in mind. And if you'll notice, what we've spelled is the word ride. If you want to enjoy the ride in life, this is not an exhaustive list. This is not a fix-all list. But these are some areas where if you'll if, if you'll take up the responsibility that, that comes with being a follower of Jesus, that comes with being a, a parent, that comes with being in a marriage, that comes with being a single person, that comes with just the fact that we're all called to, to seek first the kingdom of God and love him with everything that we are. If we'll invest our time instead of spending our time, if we'll just make a shift, say, you know what, I'm going to see that I'm going to invest my time. Where do I need to invest my time? Make sure we're devoted to the right things. Be devoted to the things that, you know, as we talked about at the beginning of the year that the very first church was devoted to. We went through Acts and we were reading that and they were devoted to all these things and and that's what moved them forward. And if we'll do everything with eternity in mind, with an eternal perspective, an eternal mindset, that I'm not just parenting these kids, I'm training these kids to follow Jesus. I'm I'm not just married to my wife, I'm submitted to her in a way that I'm willing to love her and lay down my life for her because that's what, that's what my responsibility is. I'm not, just, I'm not just working at that job or in this career. I'm working at this job and in this career with eternity in mind and I'm working as if I'm working for the Lord and I'm believing that people around me are going to see Jesus through the way that I do my job and through the way that I communicate and through the way that I do all of these things and live my life. It's having an eternal mindset. And so I want to pray for us, and then we're going to sing this song, and 
I'll go ahead and bring the prayer team down. We want to give you an opportunity. If you need prayer for anything in your life, at the end of this service, you can come down and receive prayer for anything that you have going on. But I want to pray for you, and then we're going to sing this final song. And I believe that the Lord's going to speak to you. If you'll allow Him, He'll speak to you. And He may, he may show you one or two different areas or, or something where maybe you haven't picked up the responsibility in one area of your life that God has called you to and you need to or where you've been spending instead of investing and all of these different things. And so I want to pray for you and then we're going to sing this song, give you an opportunity to receive prayer. But I'm believing that as I pray for you and as we sing, that God's going to speak to you like only He can. So Lord, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for the life that you came to give us life but not just life life in abundance and Lord sometimes it's difficult sometimes it's hard but Lord I pray that you would help us to see the responsibility in whatever area of our lives that we're in whatever season we're in what is it that you've called us to right now where do we need to invest our time maybe we've been spending our time but we need to begin to invest our time in what really matters what have we become devoted to that maybe we need to make a shift and we need to redevote ourselves to the things that you, that you desire for us to be devoted to and keeping the main thing in our life, the main thing, no matter how chaotic it gets. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to see everything and do everything and say everything with eternity in mind, with an eternal perspective, an eternal mindset. And I pray as we sing this song, and we worship together that you would draw every person today who needs prayer for anything in their life. In Jesus' name, amen.